Hey, everybody, welcome to the College of Music in Context podcast, where we sing National Emblem every time we wash our hands to ensure a full 20-second scrub. It's me, Hayden, half of your host experience, and... Hannah, the other half of your host experience. This week, we are really excited to introduce a recently graduated undergraduate who is now studying library sciences in his master's. He's the vice president of Trombones of North Texas, or TNT. He's the bass trombonist for the One O'Clock Lab Band. Everyone say hi to Ian Calhoun. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's nice to be here. Thank you. Uh, how are you today? You know, I'm doing pretty well. I had a I had a really nice lunch, and then uh, I did got some work in at the library, and now I'm here. Ooh. What'd you have? Oh, I, I had um, tomato basil soup with some toast and half a cup of cashews. Nice. That sounds delicious. What the heck? I, <laughs> I had leftovers. <laughs> hey, you know, leftovers are pretty great, too. That's funny. I also had tomato basil soup with toast and no, no kidding. Yeah. I, it was my first time having uh, Amy's soups or whatever. Oh, and the ooh. organic? Yeah, yeah. Those are great. It was those delicious. Really um, anyway, so um, thank you very much for being on. Uh, you mentioned your job at the library. How's that going? Especially now that you're probably working from home, right? Yeah, so I'm working completely from home now. Um, since uh, we're in the middle of the summer, all the student assistants can now work full-time, which means 40 hours a week. Um, I am doing my very best to meet those 40 hours. It's actually 39 because they don't want us to get to 40 and possibly get in some trouble. But, uh, you know, working eight hours a day on the computer. Um, right now I'm working on three different, well, two different collections. Um, the first one is silent film sheet music. So... Um, one of my coworkers, Maristella, uh, she, she, I think her team scanned a bunch of sheet music for silent films, and it is my job, along with a couple other people's jobs, to um, list what instrument it's written for and some extra information. And so I'm doing that, and also every College of Music concert, ensemble concert, student recital, etc., um, is recorded, and I'm also cataloging those and publishing them online. So they give us the raw video file, some basic information, and then we have to fill it out ourselves using programs. So that's so right, you. Whenever wow. it says that it's processing, it's 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 you that's putting it up. <laughs> no, that's that's actually just recording services. But oh, if you okay. go to the if you go to the UNT Digital Library, digital.library.unt.edu, it's a long address. Yeah. Um, if you've searched up like like let's say like, one of the concerts I did recently was the One O'Clock Lab Band with Maria Schneider when we were playing her music. And, you know, all the info, if you look that up in the digital library, I put all that information in myself using the program I had. So it's That's just that kind lot. of stuff. Yeah. What a yeah, cool it's... job. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's really fun. And I must say, I am incredibly grateful that I still have a job. Um, yeah. I honestly was yeah. not sure that... I would be employed after this global pandemic really started but thankfully the libraries figured it out i guess they have the they they allowed us to work and i i'm beyond grateful no kidding yeah man so aside from working from home you also graduated from home yeah. <laughs> how'd yes, that go for you um you know it was odd i wouldn't say it was it was necessarily like bad um, it was just very strange because I remember waking up and, you know, getting on my phone, checking email and stuff. And then I saw that 
um, they posted a college of music like virtual graduation or virtual congratulations and you know it start it starts with um, school officials congratulating the class of 2020 has um, I believe Dean Richmond Dean John Richmond of the College of Music and then it just there's just a scrolling list of every single person who graduated including pictures and you know if you graduated with honors what degree you graduated with and seeing my picture and it's just Ian Calhoun and you know whatever and then just goes to the next person it's like wow I'm graduating like in my pajamas in my apartment <laughs> that's it's it was very very strange um and now I'm kind of happy I didn't buy the graduation robes because I don't <laughs> yeah. I worry about that later yeah are they gonna have you go back and do like a ceremony or something or is that we're not doing any of that all I, I believe that commencement has been delayed. Um, oh, okay. So it'll happen later. Yeah, I don't know when it will happen, but it, it, maybe maybe they've picked a date. I just, I'm just not aware. But the last time I checked, which is about maybe two weeks ago, it's delayed. So what are you going to do now? So it's a good question. <laughs> so uh, normally throughout the summer, I would visit my dad in Minnesota, which is where I'm from, and my mom in West Virginia. And usually when I'm in West Virginia, I will teach. Um, I'll teach both private lessons and also I'll teach marching band as a uh, low brass and visual instructor. Uh, that's still happening this summer. It's just abbreviated because I need time to work and earn money. And also I want to kind of wait out the, the, the uh, pandemic a little bit more. I don't really feel safe traveling at this minute, but maybe in two months I will or a month and a half. Um. Yeah, and hopefully, and hopefully the it's pretty cheap to fly right now. But I've heard yeah. that yeah. flying is a miserable experience because you're so, oh. you're still packed, right? You're still packed like sardines in a can. Really? But, oh no. Yeah. Well, I think from what I've heard and some articles I've read, you know, they want to maintain social distancing, but you know, so many people get on a flight, you just can't do it. It's just impossible. Man. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you're if you're safe, you're practicing social distancing, you have a mask, you know, it should be yes. fine. Mine has uh, dragonflies on it. It's really cool. Aww, that's so sweet. Mine has flowers on it. <laughs> I keep getting I emails it. from uh, Custom Inc. like, oh, order your, your group personalized masks today. And I'm like, yeah. GB 2020? GB masks. Pretty much. Oh, I'm going to need a scrappy mask stat. Oh. <laughs> you know what? When you, when you mentioned it in your introduction, when you, when you sing National Emblem, so yes. when you wash your hands, that brought back so many uh, fond memories about doing Green Brigade. That was because I, so my first year, I only did two years of Green Brigade because I was a music ed major for two years and then switched to performance. Um, my first year in Green Brigade, I was, you guys still do the block, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And then you bl- you march like towards like the other end zone. Yep. So I was in the very front line of that block. <gasps> so my... you heard everyone behind you. Yeah, but I <laughs> and I played the lowest baritone part, and I would just be super obnoxious with how I played. <laughs> That's the best part. That's uh, the best part of the whole damn game. Oh, excuse my French, but <laughs> is hearing the low brass come in a national emblem that's it the game's over we didn't even start yet and it's already done <laughs> yeah and what doesn't help is you know 
that I was louder than I needed to be, definitely. <laughs> I, 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 because I had just come back from my first season of drum corps, and, you know, I play bass trombone. That's my primary instrument. So I, I have to, I play loud when I play bass trombone, like a pretty big instrument. And then I'm put on a dynasty baritone, or as I like to call it, dynasty, because they're horrible. <laughs> I hope this I hope this podcast isn't sponsored by dynasty. It's not sponsored by dynasty. We're sponsored by Yamaha. Just kidding. We're not sponsored by Yamaha. <laughs> so you know, during so I marched with the Troopers Drum Beagle Corps, and they used Yamaha baritones, which are really great. I like them. Um, they're really they're really free uh, free blowing, and I played third baritone, so all the low stuff, and I was sometimes in the like back sidelines, so you had to project and. Then all of a sudden, I'm marching GB on a small bore dynasty baritone near the front sideline after marching drum corps. And I remember Dr. Dr. Nicholas Williams, who was my director at the time, I was on the fifth, this is my sophomore year, but I was on the 50 yard line at the very, maybe like eight steps from the front sideline. And I just, I was wailing. And, you know, it's a huge band. You know, all the baritones are in front, and, you know, it's loud. And then when we stop, Dr. Williams says, Ian, I can hear you. <laughs> oh, my God, I can hear I it. Like, oh, sorry. Sorry. That's the same voice as drink the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drink the water. Please drink the water. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, I miss it a lot. It was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. We miss you, Dr. Williams, if you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, maybe someday we'll have him on. Who knows? <gasps> that would be really cool. I would love to hear Dr. Williams on this on this podcast. He's a great guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, if you're listening, and really supportive when I uh, when I switched to performance, I was concerned that he would not be happy with me. And I'm paraphrasing here, but I remember his response was, "I'm so glad you're you're pursuing the thing you really want to do. Now go practice." Like smiley face. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Classic. No, Actually, great. that's a pretty good segue. We would love to start talking about your origin story, oh, yeah. like as if you're a superhero. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, how did you get into music initially? And were you music edit first? Yeah. So, oh, let's see. Um, so I'm from Minnesota, from up north. Yeah. Um, born in Red Wing. If if you're around Denton and you're aware of Red Wing Shoes, it's like the shoe store near Egg House Cafe and Whataburger. I think it's Malone Street. That's the same Red Wing I'm from. Oh. Um, they're they're world renowned for their boots and their pottery. Those are the two big things. Um, and in fact, I don't know if the record's been broken, but I think they also have the world's largest boot. I need to look that up. <laughs> but last time I checked, they have the world's largest boot boot on display on Main Street doesn't matter anyways i uh so i lived in minnesota for a while and then um i moved to charlestown west virginia because my mom found a much better job there and uh, i started middle and i started middle school there and i stayed there through middle and high school i really wanted to do music but music in minnesota was really intense and you need to have all this extra training to be in band and i didn't have any of it Mm. um but in west virginia at least in this middle school, I just walked in and there, and that was it. Um, in fact, uh, the two people I have to thank for getting me to play trombone, uh, John Tennant and Abika Karana. I don't know what either of them are doing, though I, I suppose both of them have graduated with me at this point. John, 
so in my middle school they like showed you around but like with an adult an adult showed you around but they also had a kid show you around someone who was your age so you could oh. you know hypothetically become their friend or kind of get used to the you know the kids there and he played trombone ah. and i thought he was pretty cool you know i was what 11 and i was like yeah he's, he's pretty cool it'd kind of be cool to sit next to him like once a day sure i'll play <laughs> trombone why not and that was it that's all it was and then Ambika, Ambika Karana, she she was in like the more advanced band when I joined beginner band, and she just taught me how to play trombone. Her and my middle school band director, and that was pretty much it. Um, in high school, I got really obsessed with the trombone. I would just do all these honor bands, including one that actually performed in uh, New York City. Um, super expensive to play in that band. It was like twelve hundred bucks, but. <laughs> worth it it was a lot of fun and we could afford it so that was that um but yeah i just did every honor band i could think of i played every kind of music i could think of because you know i think that's super valuable to this day um although i was playing tenor trombone i switched to bass when i kind of realized um you know in bands sometimes they place like the or at least back then um they placed like the quote unquote best trombone players, the highest ranking, in like first chair, and then second chair, third chair, fourth chair, and that would determine what part you played. So the best trombonist would always play first, and technically the the worst trombonist would would play bass, the last. Oh part. no, <laughs> that's and, terrible. <laughs> and yeah, it's not it's not how it works now in most states, as far as I'm aware, but. Uh, that's how it worked in high school and or like in all the other honor bands I would do that was always the case so I thought like what so if you don't have that low end if you don't have that tuba trombone connection then what's the point so I decided I kept making like first and second chair so I thought I'll just play bass you know so the parts are more fun anyway so I'll just play that instead <laughs> and uh, I decided on UNT for a couple reasons. Uh, I applied for Indiana University, West Virginia University, and UNT. Uh, UNT for me was just the best overall package. I felt more comfortable with the the students and the faculty when I visited UNT. It was a lot more laid back. It was a lot more affordable. And uh, I mentioned that New York band my second year doing it, I met this guy named DJ Rice, ah. and God, God bless him. Uh, he and I were a bunch of were a bunch of goons <laughs> in that band because we would we would we both loved jazz and we would just play random. We we I remember we played, we were doing the sound check, on like in Carnegie Hall before the concert. Um, we both played like the the trombone solely from Count Bubba by Gordon Goodwin. <laughs> Everyone else is just trying to warm up, but then we're being goons and just, I don't know. Classic trombone <laughs> behavior. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, people were not happy. Aww. A lot of people in the band were like, that is so disgraceful in such a lofty place. It's like, yeah, Carnegie Hall's awesome, but, you know, we're people. Like, <laughs> chill out. Um, but anyways, DJ and I got along really well, and he went to UNT. And it's like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to have a friend there. So I came here. And... Uh, so then before I did, I, before I came to UNC, I did drum corps for a year and I kind of decided that after working with all those great instructors, I love 2016. Um, 
And again, that was with the Troopers Drum and Bugle Corps from Casper, Wyoming. Um, I thought I need to be a music educator. So I changed my major to music ed and did that for two years. And I realized that, you know, I loved, I loved all the classes I was taking. Um, they were really interesting. I'm a naturally very curious person, but I felt like I wasn't performing enough. The, the emphasis was not on performing. And is that especially, um, I especially noticed that when I made the three o'clock my sophomore year in the fall. And I thought, I thought I would never even make the three o'clock or the four o'clock. But as I started, I started thinking I wouldn't even make a lab band. Then I made the seven o'clock and then the yeah. four and then the three. It's like, oh, wow. I'm like, I'm on an, I'm, I'm on a good traje trajectory. So then I, in the spring, I made the two o'clock. I thought, oh man, if I could just stay here for my entire <laughs> degree, that would be amazing. But I want to focus on performing, so I switched majors. And then I made the one o'clock, which, I mean, I had absolutely no idea that that would be the case ever, 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 ever. Um, but it happened, and I, you know, I did my very best to play well in that group and that was my junior year and then my senior year I made the band again but playing bass trombone five the the lower bass trombone part yeah and uh and here I am Ta -da! <laughs> oh listeners for those of you who have been living under a rock and don't know anything about UNT's jazz studies why are you here but we're glad you're here um <laughs> uh the UNT Jazz Studies Department is kind of the UNT claim to fame. People who know things about jazz at all know that the UNT 1 O'Clock exists and is a pretty premier group in terms of jazz performance at a collegiate level. Yeah, so, last time I checked, I think the band has been nominated for six or seven Grammys. So they're yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. It's not the only Grammy-nominated no Grammy band, and just, just because they're nominated by the Grammys doesn't make you a great band. But, I mean, we, I, I, I'm as non-biased as I can say, I think, we, I think we're a pretty good band. They're a pretty good band. <laughs> That's a pretty universally yeah. agreed fact, I think. You yeah. see these lists of alumni that come out of the 1 o'clock or the Jazz Studies program in general, um, and there's names there that people just know. The jazz people just know those names. And they came out of UNT. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty insane. Uh, I, I never would have imagined that playing I would play in the 1 o'clock. Um, I remember even my, my, first, my first instructor at UNT was Kenny Davis, who actually played Fifth Bone in the 1 o'clock for three years, I believe. Um, or maybe I think it was like two years base five and then one year base four doesn't matter he was in the band for three years and i once asked him is there any chance i can make the one o'clock he said maybe like maybe like your <clears throat> pardon me maybe your senior year or maybe like if, if you took a fifth year maybe um but just keep working and you'll find out and then i made the band my junior year and, was, and <laughs> you know like just to make the band at all is amazing but to do it for two years it's a completely different ball game i oh, yeah. i my experiences my second year have been nothing but great even even like amidst the pandemic 
Yeah, I've seen you guys doing a lot of recording projects and things. Are they one o'clock based or are they in liking trombone and having lots of trombone friends <laughs> based? <laughs> um, it's definitely the latter. So the one o'clock specifically has not done any mass recording projects during okay. like the past couple months. But um, I do know a lot of people in the College of Music who have graduated and who are still in, in, the, in the degree program. Uh, and, you know... They want to make music. We all want to make music. So they thought, well, we have a night. We all have pretty nice microphone setups. We all want to play music. Why don't we just challenge ourselves to make recordings at home? And so I've been, I've been in a couple of them. I, I would feel bad if I named them and forgot one. So I'm just gonna <laughs> say I, I've done, I've done like three or four. Um, and then the one o'clock also did a, like an individual. Um, individual spotlight um oh, thing cool. where it was hashtag one by one i think but on the on instagram he posted every day there's a new one o'clock member and we would play a little bit talk about ourselves maybe play a little bit more so we got to do that um my video was a little goofy <laughs> but that's okay um classic bass trombone vibes <laughs> yeah no i i am definitely one of the goofier members of the band or just i'm just i'm just a I'm just a very goofy person. Um, serious, but, but goofy when I when I don't need to be serious. That's fair. Humor is important. Yeah. Yes, it's very important. I, I, I mean, I'm I'm totally guilty of this, but I think people take things way too seriously. Um, you know, even music. I love music. I adore music more than pretty much anything. But sometimes it's a bit of a meme. You know, it's, you're allowed to kind of make fun of music. You're allowed to make fun of anything, really. Cue national emblem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fine piece of music, but it's a oh meme. yeah, because of the Green Brigade, which we love, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Oh, so, oh, while we're on the subject of the one o'clock, before we move on, do you have any favorite one o'clock stories or performances that just really light you up? Any goony, goofy kind of oh, tales yeah. <laughs> oh yeah um i'm i can't i can't tell you most of them but oh. um there was uh oh I'm, I'm thinking like what what is something that i can i can appropriately say well i'll i'll give you a f um a few wholesome ones and then maybe a silly one a really wholesome experience i had was uh the new york trip we took this past semester so um Jazz and Lincoln Center decided to host the Jack Rudin Jazz Championship, where 10 college university bands were invited to um, to compete at Lincoln Center for like the top prize. And then along the way, you would be working with a mentor who was in the Jazz and Lincoln Center Orchestra. You get to see New York. You get to see performances, like a performance from Jazz and Lincoln Center. It's It was amazing. Um, there are a couple things about that trip that were even more memorable. I, the one thing I wish I had more of at UNT was exposure to other collegiate jazz ensembles. And I wouldn't say that's necessarily the fault of the professors or anything. It's just my own, like, you know, I don't have a car, so I don't really drive out to other schools to watch them perform. I wish I did that because the only other time I saw college college kids perform uh was the spring tour the spring 2019 tour but you know going to this jazz and lincoln center competition 
these are like the some of the pardon me these 10 schools are the best like some of the best schools in the nation to play jazz and the entire time i i remember on the plane back to texas my hands and my my throat hands and feet hurt because i was stomping clapping and yelling the entire time <laughs> because like these guys these guys and gals like they're they're insane they're so good um i mean it was unbelievable how impressive these groups were all of them every single one of them had I, I can't even I can't really I can't accurately put it into words how how grateful I felt to have had that experience, um, especially I remember like in when you're performing you're also in a you're performing in front of a crowd of like-minded people people who play jazz all the time who are your age, so you get a lot more credit, you know I remember one of the charts we played uh, was an arrangement of Windows by Chick Corea arranged by Ted Nash. And there's a part where this, the saxophones slash woodwinds, they're all playing different instruments. And her vocalist, Abby Berry, God bless her, she's amazing. Um, they played this line from uh, that was taken from a Chick Corea solo. That's just like... <laughs> and when that happens, it's... And it's silence. And then the trombones come in with the last part of the melody in unison at like the softest dynamic. So, you know... It's contrast, but I remember that little space, that little space between the and the melody. Like a, a quarter of the audience just went, "Whoa!" <laughs> like they, because not only were five people playing it really well and in unison, but you also had a vocalist singing it, and it wasn't just what I'm doing. It's just it had actual like the the pitch was correct. The expression was correct. The phrasing, it was all there. It was all in sync. Um, so you're in a crowd with like-minded people that just, that, it's, it's, that, it's, 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 it's similar to like performing in front of like a drum corps audience. You know, oh, everyone there you loves, up. yeah, they all love drum corps. When you hit that power chord, like in the ballad or something, people stand up and go crazy. It's the same thing. It's, 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 it's beautiful. Um, and what helped, you know, it was really, it was a really odd experience. So, uh, right before we went on for the first half of the competition, I forgot who announced it, but someone announced the death of Jimmy Heath, you know, world renowned jazz tenor saxophonist. And, you know, he's a, he's a Titan of, of jazz, jazz studies. Um, and you could, you, you heard people fizz like, audibly crying and, and yelling in the audience because like someone that they idled so much like almost a father figure died a jazz legend and then moments later we went on stage to perform and the entire time i was fighting back tears because it's like i don't care if we move on to the second half of the competition i i'm just happy that i could put this kind of performance out there for these for these people and for myself and for my bandmates i mean it's i mean yeah it's it's indescribable um but on top of that um that trip was also really meaningful because one of my um i got a lesson with george flynn who is uh, maria schneider's bass trombonist um if you're not aware of the maria schneider orchestra 
plays music of Maria Schneider, who is a Grammy award-winning uh, jazz band composer and arranger. She is immaculate. I I can't I can't describe her. She she's she's amazing. If you haven't checked out her music, you need to. And her views on on the music industry are are extremely important in today's society. But anyways, um, when we had her uh, we had our one o'clock concert playing her music. Um, you know, Maria and I got to talking a little bit over email. And on the plane to New York City, she said, oh, I forgot to tell you, George is in town and, and would love to give you a lesson. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I walk over to Times Square where he plays he plays the Lion King. And uh, we just had a lesson. We talked about stuff. And what a guy. George Flynn is just an, <laughs> an, an incredible guy. Um, not just a musician, but just just a wonderful man. Um, and, you know, it was just a free lesson. And we just talked about music. And he actually let me sit in uh, to watch The Lion King, like, while he p- performed it. Whoa. What? That's um, so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I, he, I mean, he's been doing that show for years. So I was holding the book, looking at the music while he was playing it from memory. <laughs> you what? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but this this all happened because I had this one concert with Maria Schneider we got along pretty well. I think one of the reasons we did was we're both from Minnesota, and she immediately picked up on my, uh, on my kind of Minnesotan characteristics. <laughs> I would say, you know, the beard, oh. the kind of, the way I speak, um, very obscure Minnesotan <laughs> references, saying you know and that fun stuff. But that all happened because we we had a connection, and she was just extremely generous, and. Uh, yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg for the New York trip. There's so much more, but I know we have limited time. <laughs> um, another trip that was really meaningful was uh, the, well, it wasn't a trip. It was the Lab 2019 recording session because, you know, putting something like on a record, I mean, it requires so much focus. And I was worried that I would be just the weakest link constantly. Because I had never recorded an album like that before, except with the two o'clock um, the year prior. But it was just a blast. We all had a ton of fun, and we all knew that we needed to be focused, and we were focused. And when there were conflicts, we were mature about it. And it's just being in this band is always just—it's always just a really gratifying experience. Because on one hand, it teach—it teaches you that hey, you're pretty good, but also hey, you need to get a lot of stuff done and nothing's permanent. You need to figure things out. But it's it's never destructive. You're always, it's always, people are always building you up. And I appreciate that more than anything. It sounds like an exercise in positive professionalism. <laughs> yes. And I know, you know, being at UNT in a school of so, like, what is it, 15, 1,600 people now? Oh, yeah. gosh, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. It's so easy to get into that mindset of, you know, I'm just a number, or this person's better than me, therefore I'm not important. It's like, that's, that's ridiculous. That is, that is completely wrong. You know, in fact, it's the opposite. You know, there, I am so grateful to be, to have gone to a school where there's more than a thousand people who are all individuals who are all trying their own thing. They're all trying to do their own thing. In my case, it's just to try to play all the music I can possibly play. 
Some other people, they just want to play only classical, only jazz, only contemporary, only like early music. That's awesome. And you get to interact with those people on a daily basis. It's just, it's incredible. That's amazing. What a good, we're going to put that in an advertisement for the College of Music. <laughs> they better, and they better pay me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are not endorsed officially by the UNT College of Music. Yes. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> but, um, actually, speaking of UNT, you chose UNT to get a degree not once, but twice. <laughs> So mm-hmm. let's talk about your prospects for graduate studies. And uh, listeners, uh, Ian is um, entering the graduate program for library science. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Cool. All right. Tell us a little about that. So um, a few things. Um, I think the biggest catalyst for that was being, I don't really know what my title was, but let's just say I hosted a, I hosted a Google Drive for the one o'clock lab band these past two years. And... Uh, basically, it, it, it I host um, recordings of at this point I host recordings of charts that are in the book, and you know our books have like they're like this thick. You know, I guess listeners can't see. It's very thick. There's a lot of music in the folder. Um, so recordings of all those charts, recordings of every rehearsal we have, recordings of every performance I could possibly record or find. Um, a spreadsheet that lists every single one o'clock member since 1967 um, that I I created with the help of Craig Marshall and Colleen Clark, who are both UNT alumni. Um, gig sheets, um, program notes that I made myself for some of the music we're playing, uh, program notes for that I may have found somewhere on the internet or found in physical form, then transcribed into a digital copy photographs that uh, Christopher Walker or any other photo, um, photographer took. Just anything pertaining to the one o'clock that can be put in a digital medium, I host in that Google Drive. And I, I do it so that members of the band can use it and you know not freak out since you know there are, so, there are this many charts in the book, there are th- these many performances to keep track of, blah, 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 blah. It's all right there and you can just check it out and there's never any problem. But anyways, I... I started that, pardon me, I'm burping a lot, must be the cashews. Uh, (laughs) I started that uh, my first semester in the band when, oh man, uh, we were playing a chart called The Real Tassadai. I forgot who composed it, but I I believe he, I think he either got his PhD in ethnomusicology in Columbia University or currently teaches ethnomusicology at Columbia. I forgot which one, or maybe it's both. Anyways, it's a very obscure chart that the one o'clock recorded, I think maybe, uh, I think it was like the early 90s. And we got the chart and no one had any clue how to play it. Like, it's just, it's very bizarre. Um, Not hard per se, just odd. And Alan asked us, Alan Baylock, he asked us, okay, I want all of you to check out the recording before we rehearse it the next day. Cool. So after rehearsal, I go to the library, I find what album it's on, I check out the album, it's just a disc. I rip the, the uh, file to my computer and uh, listen to it with the music. And it's like, okay, I have a pretty good idea of what this is all about. And then the next day I show up and I play the music and it's not going well. Um, people are kind of, are folding, there's a lot of problems. And then Alan stops and who listened to the recording? And I raised my hand and then realized no one else in the room had raised their hand. Oh no! Uh, and there may have been like a few outliers, but I don't, 
I don't recall who or if there are any outliers. Um, but Alan pointed at me and was like, thank you, Ian. Like, that's, that's, we need more of that. <laughs> and I still oh, have sweaty. a recording of it. It's, oh, I was freaking out. <laughs> I was totally freaking out. I'm not old enough to drink yet, and yet Alan's calling me out for doing this good thing. It was <laughs> bananas. Um, and then it, I realized, you know, a previous one o'clock member had done something similar. John Serino, who's a, who's a drummer in the band. He lives in New York City right now. Great guy. Um, he had a Dropbox that had recordings of every chart, and I thought I should do the same thing. And so I started that. Anyways, so all of that, all of that aside, um, that was the primary catalyst for me starting or studying library science. You know how. How do we use information? How do we? How is information disseminated amongst the public? Um, how do we catalog these pieces of information, like books, documents, uh, journals, sound recordings? They're not all cataloged the same way. They all have different properties, different physical and um, digital properties, if need to be, that you need to account for. Um, and as soon as I learned that there is a master's program in library science at UNT. All I could think of is, so you're saying that I would stay at UNT and still be involved in the music scene while studying library science. Shakes That's awesome. <laughs> and you know, UNC is not the only school that does that. Um, Illinois University, uh, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, um, Indiana University, University of South Carolina, they all have programs like that that's directly tied to the music program. But this would be cheaper and I wouldn't have to worry about moving like moving cross country, I wouldn't have to worry about, you know, getting a new like set of friends or or fitting in. It's just the same same thing. I'm just I'm going to class in a different building. On top of that, the master's program is mostly online. Um, there are a few brick and mortar classes, but very few. Um, huh. Most of the time I will be taking classes from my laptop. Um, wow, like in general or just because of COVID times? In general. In general. Wow. Cool. Well, the way the way I've heard people talk about it, and I should I should say I am not an expert on the master's program here. <laughs> I I just know what I've been told and what I've researched. But uh, some people have told me that the way they design the program is they expect you to do the degree while you're working. So oh. it's not I mean it's not meant oh. to be like a total like the music degree is crazy because they don't yeah. they don't assume you're working. You know you're assuming you're you're employer is University of North Texas and your role is student yep you know whereas right now you know starting in the fall I haven't it's not completely official yet but starting in the fall I'll be a, a graduate services assistant for music cataloging that's a that's a hefty job part-time but it's it's involved but I'll be taking um, a full graduate course load so wow yeah and it, and it also I mean I like I said, the music scene, that means I still get to check out every live concert. I still get to go to football games. I still get to see all of the friends that I've amassed over these past four years, even ones who have not graduated yet, like you two. You know, if you two Aww. continue to do... Yeah, disclaimer, these two are my friends. Um, <gasps> I'm honored! Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> I hope it wasn't that much of a shock. No. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I want to go to football games, and now I get to see them. So that's that's cool. Aw. So what were you saying, Hayden? I, I uh, I'm sorry. So what's what's after uh, the master's program? Uh, maybe a doctorate? Mm -hmm. 
I'm not sure. So the the big thing, I think it depends on what kind of job I want. So the jobs I'm looking at, um, without and I'm saying this without having started any coursework in library science. This is all <laughs> from my own field experience with the one o'clock drive and also working at the library for the past year. But I would love to be either an academic librarian, um, working in music or something else, or an orchestral librarian. And I guess when I say orchestral librarian, I don't specifically mean like a, like an orchestra playing classical music. I mean like any like a performing like so a performing ensemble librarian. It could be uh, a jazz ensemble. It could be a symphony orchestra. It could be an opera company. It could be it could be any of those things. Wow. And I... those those two degrees or those two fields. I mean, if you want to work in an academic library, it's you know they would they would. From what I've researched, they like it if you have a PhD or some kind of doctorate, doctoral degree, um, but it's not it's not required. That's so cool. I like that's a whole nother like world, I guess, that I never even considered. Oh, yeah. I mean, so so the way so the way uh, Hannah Hayden and I kind of all met, we we did the we did the jazz pedagogy ensemble at ah, UNC. Yes. And, We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I won't talk about it too much. I promise. But oh no, you're good the the um which is a group where you know people who are not in the lab band program who wants to learn jazz but maybe just don't want to be super tied down to all of those commitments like performing and sectionals and stuff they can meet up and play jazz and also teach jazz teach in a big band setting so i was a librarian for that group um and that basically meant that i had to provide all the sheet music um that's basically he's what... an excellent librarian well, <laughs> speaking from experience <laughs> And, you know, and, uh, and, um, that's basically what an ensemble librarian would do. They would prepare all the music. They might put in bowings. They might put in specific markings. They might find a better, the specific edition that a conductor might want. These are different editions mm. for sheet music. They might have to prepare, if they find a part that's just, just gruesome, like that's just, that's formatted horribly, you, you might have to reformat the part. So you have to have experience with Finale, Sibelius, Muse Score, maybe even Dorico. Ah. You know. You're on the front line. Those are terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we just had like a long discussion about um, about how awful all of the music notation softwares are, and it's like, oh, oh my god, it's tough. Yeah, know, it, the the hard, you know, uh, Tantacruel has a fantastic oh, yeah. series on YouTube about <laughs> about all. That. I think he works for Muse Score at this point. He's like a creative director or something like that, but. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's not intuitive. Now, um, I personally like Finale. That's just because I've used it for years. And I, and from all the arranging pro- projects I've done, I've found a way to get past all the, let's say, BS, all the, <laughs> you know, all the menus and dialogue boxes that are totally irrelevant and don't need to be there. Um, yeah, and uh, Hayden's giving me the side eye. I... <laughs> I, I have this I have a burning like passionate hatred for finale I, I can't to be fair he also has a burning passionate hatred for most of the uh, notation softwares out there so yeah, finale isn't like always the specific entity that receives his rage yeah it's just yeah. you wake up one day and it's like mm, I think I'll hate Sibelius today mm. <laughs> I mean that's fair uh, there I 
honestly, I haven't done like a thorough survey of all of them, but I just know I, I bought Finale a long time ago and I just still have it. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I'll just use that. Um, I'm in favor of spending less money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's well, that's the cheapest one besides MuseScore. I remember yeah. I was looking into Sibelius, and it's so expensive. And yeah. Dorico is expensive, but you know, I guess it's not expensive if you're not a college student. <laughs> I guess it it would pay for yourself if you're regularly using them and making money off. Right, of Right, you're using commissions. But like in my case, I would just arrange a bunch of stuff for YouTube's and my senior recital. That doesn't make any money, so it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it is nice. I, I do I do enjoy it. So tell us a little bit more about the YouTubes. I, I, I don't know very much about it. And, like, I see them, and I'm like, ooh, cool. Yeah, no, the YouTubes, that's, that's, that is an incredible ensemble to play in, just because it's so unique. Um, I know, so it's, it's a jazz trombone ensemble. Generally, we have eight to nine trombonists and then a, a jazz rhythm section, guitar, piano, bass, drums. Um, and usually it's, it's six or seven tenor trombones and two bass trombones um and the youtubes i think was started by steve wiest in like the late 2000s um when he was uh the director of the one o'clock and we still do it it's still a lot of fun we still people still compose and arrange for it myself included um and we just play a bunch of jazz standards and and student arrangements in my case i arranged uh 502 blues um, and uh, Moon Train, the uh, Woody Shaw tune, and actually we used that we used that Moon Train arrangement for our um, our tape for the International Trombone Association or International Trombone Festival um, for the Jazz Trombone Ensemble category. But yeah, it's 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 just a group that really encourages uh, playing standards and playing student compositions and arrangements. It's a bunch of really cool guys uh this past year was really memorable the previous year was even more memorable when we won uh the american trombone workshop competition for jazz trombone ensembles it's a national competition and we were the best um Champions. so we got to yeah we got to we got to visit dc for like three or four days perform in, in front of a lot of a lot of fun people and just had a just had a fun time Man, music literally takes you places. Literally. Yeah. Not yeah. speaking at all figuratively, though that expression is used for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. And, like, that's one of the greatest things about, you know, some top ensembles at some other universities, you wouldn't have the opportunity to travel. Um, a great example that's not UNT. Um, I love Michigan State University. Uh, they're led by Michael Dees, who's a phenomenal jazz trombonist. Um, in, fa in fact, my friend DJ actually goes there now for his master's studies but they like they tra they got to tour to um, Japan like, what the heck that's so cool yeah their jazz their their jazz band got to travel to Japan which is incredible I was so happy when I heard about that um, and uh, there are a lot, quite a few people in that group who I I feel like I'm friends with now I got to talk to a, a lot of them at the at the uh, Jack Rudin jazz champ uh, championship and they're just like i said earlier like you just it's so easy if you're just open to meeting new people and you all love the same thing talking to people about stuff you're passionate about is super easy it's it's great um i love all those guys oh but yeah the the youtubes 
those arrangements were my first like real foray into arranging. Before I may have done like a like a silly impossible <laughs> like trombone quartet just for uh, what I like to call gits and shiggles, since I'm not allowed of to course. swear. <laughs> um, but no, I, I thought you know this can't be too hard. It's hard, uh, ah. <laughs> yeah. but you know I fig- I figured some things out and we play them and it's a lot of fun. That's a great thing about UNT is and specifically YouTube's is that just bring stuff in. Like if it's not good, they'll tell you. <laughs> like you'll you'll know. But if it's really good, you know they'll still tell you things that you can improve. But they'll play it. It's great. I, Hayden and I are in a brass quintet that does the same thing. Hayden will arrange things and bring them in and like, look what I found on MuseScore. Are you serious? You're in a oh, brass yeah. quintet? Oh, yeah. It's that. delightful. I love it so much. Well, it's not, it's it's kind of like a non-traditional kind of, it's really just a bunch of dudes. I, and I mean, ladies. Like and dudettes. We're mostly no, ladies. Okay, look, dude <laughs> dude is a. Yeah, it's gender neutral. It's, it's a, gen, yeah, yeah, it applies to everybody. So a bunch of We're people. We're a bunch of dudes. A <laughs> bunch of dudes, bros. Brohams, homies, hanging out, uh, playing some tunes. That's basically it. Um, yeah. It's instead of a, uh, it's it's two trumpets, two French horns, and a euphonium. So it's not like you know super conventional. Yeah. Oh, of course. But yeah, we make it work. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have to do a lot of like, I will figure it out kind of deals. Uh, but that's that's a super 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 valuable skill. Like yeah. that is. People need to do that more often. Definitely. Yeah, it's 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 a good learning experience, uh, especially like we we play like a whole bunch of different uh, styles. I uh, I did a Hayburner, the Sammy Nestico chart. Oh my oh, god! Yes, uh, we were gonna do that in. Um, then we got apocalypsed. Yeah, we were gonna do that <laughs> in a recital for one of our members uh, who is a junior right now, gra- yeah. going to be a senior. Wait, who Nick. is it? It's Kashka, Nicholas Kashka. Oh, yeah, Shout right, out to right, Nick right, if you're listening. Right. I love you. Just <laughs> hanging neck? out. <laughs> hmm? No, I said Rip Nick. Oh, oh no. I call him a redneck. It's like, geez. No, no. That's harsh. He's not a redneck. He's no, a sophisticated just... lad. <laughs> He's cool. Yeah, He's cool. I love him. Okay. I, I've only really gotten to talk to him like through brass band, but that's 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 about it. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, we play some. Uh, we have a Paso Doble that we were gonna do, like, oh, a, like yes. a bullfighting march. Uh, yeah. uh, that was good. Anyway, uh, so we very much understand your appreciation for making yourself into an ensemble. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, our viewers know that it's about that time for the uh, cleverly titled rapid fire question segment. Ah oh, oh, yes. I was. I was. I'm scared of this. <laughs> no, no, you're gonna love it. Yeah, it's gonna be, be the great. best. All right. Okay, so I think that you're first. <laughs> I wrote down. The, I wrote these down last night. Um, Go for and it. And I'm looking back at them. <laughs> okay, these are gonna be good. All right. So first question: Waffle House or IHOP? IHOP. Are you no. kidding? Ah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Okay. I've only been to Waffle House <laughs> once, and they just they couldn't serve me because they were uh. closed. <laughs> They, they were closed? They, they weren't closed. Was there a national, like, a mm-hmm. ter- terrible disaster happening? <laughs> no, I, I don't know what was happening, but it was, yeah, IHOP. IHOP. Okay. I, I get it. Understandable. Okay. Peanut butter to jelly ratio. Uh, 55 peanut butter, 45 jelly. Wow. 
very the drum corps people would call you a sandwich artist <laughs> oh i definitely i i ate a lot of pb and j's in in drum corps but i literally i i'm not a sandwich artist <laughs> <laughs> i would just like okay peanut butter okay jelly great and then let's go <laughs> eat and then go to brass brass block and just feel like crap yep yeah don't you love that, that sounds about when, right when you when you get like oh they have chicken tenders for lunch oh. Or like chicken patty day. Chicken patty oh day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you have brass block and oh. And then you oh, like have dogs. the sleepies. I've been standing up and asleep before and it was only in drum corps. <laughs> yep. You're doing all the breathing exercises. Uh, yeah, and oh, then you God. pass it. Oh no. We had these uh we had chimichanga day, which is like, oh. okay, take chicken patty <laughs> day not good. and then like elevate it. So it's a it's like oh. these two huge burritos that you fry, like yeah. deep fry, and they're filled with like beans and yep. like copious amounts of cheeses and it was Ugh. awful it was the like actually let me let me rephrase that at the time it's awesome it's the best <laughs> meal you've ever had like in your life and then you go to brass block and oh my god it's horrible oh my it's god. the worst that was probably my least favorite part of drum corps was just that whole experience and it's not it's not like that bad it's it just sucked it always sucked in the yeah. moment. and i was young and reckless and didn't realize what i was doing it's yeah i'll have three hamburgers and then <laughs> run around the campsite with a breathing tube in my mouth yep Ugh. classic yeah oh. 55 45 practice north or practice south practice north every single time God. one one my locker is there two okay fair it's just it I have absolutely no proof to say this, but it's just better. <laughs> it's just better. All right. Have you considered that it's not, though? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Hayden, I forget. Which side are you on? I'm a southie, northie. He's a southerner. I'm not a northie. I, okay, look. They're the same. They're, they're the same. They, <laughs> they, <laughs> but everyone chooses a side. Yeah, I'm, I, I, it's whatever I'm closest to. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm always. If I, I'm almost always like in the jazz side of the building, and that's closer to north. Well, yeah. north is also just closer to the music building anyway. It is. And that's where my locker is. And I generally there's generally cleaner bathrooms in north. Mm, I I wouldn't be caught dead in any of the bathrooms there. Honestly, like, oh no. <laughs> That's... You might be caught, but you would only get caught if you were dead. <laughs> Actually, you know, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be talking smack about those bathrooms. They're perf They're immaculate. They're extremely clean. Um, they're definitely not the bathrooms in the practice buildings for a music school that has more than fifteen hundred people. It's fine. <laughs> we're doing our best. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Oh, All right, Hayden. Uh, favorite Oreo flavor that isn't original and/or double stuffed and/or mega stuffed. Oh my gosh, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> we took all the good ones. Oh my gosh. Um, is there like a, is there a mint, isn't there a mint Oreo? There is. Yeah. That's the okay, correct that answer. One. That one's so good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that might be the, I haven't had it. My boyfriend likes it. I don't think I've even had the mint Oreo. I just know that it exists and it's not one of the exemptions you mentioned. <laughs> they taste, they taste like those little like Andes, like the Olive Garden like mints. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Okay, your turn. Okay. What would you say is your Pokemon type? Oh, my Lord. Uh, I haven't played Pokemon in, like, well, not that long. It's only been four years. 
Actually, can I tell a really funny story about Go for Pokemon? It. The last time I played Pokemon, I it was, oh man, it was like, it was late at night in 2016 on tour. I was sitting in a parking lot because the guard bus, the bus I was on, the guard bus broke down. I'm not going to explain how <laughs> because it would it would embarrass. I think the organization and also the bus driver, <laughs> oh. but let's just say it, it stopped working and it was, we couldn't use it that night. So we were just chilling in the parking lot and I thought, you know, I haven't played Pokemon in a while. So I played it and that was the last <laughs> time I played Pokemon. I was actually put on the staff bus. Uh, I was approached by my brass caption head, Tim Snyder, and he said, I will, I will put you on the bus, but you have to promise me not to be, like, crazy. You have to be very civil and mature. It's like, God, <laughs> I love fine. that he prefaced it with that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, they're, you know, I've been on, I've taught marching band before, you know. At that point, you just want to sleep. <laughs> you yeah. just want to sleep and just kind of rest and not lose your mind like the members generally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who was on the brass bus... I can oh. vouch for the members wanting to yeah, be rowdy. Yeah, it was it was a time. <laughs> I I like I like the guard bus. The guard bus was really nice. Um, I had a lot of friends in the guard, and it was always Aww. mostly peaceful. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I oh. learned to sleep through anything, specifically yeah. Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like, oh it's, my gosh. I think it's like a Pavlovian thing, right? So mm-hmm. like you, you like I hear Avatar now, and I'm like, oh. sleep sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. Let's see. Oh. Should we ascribe him a Pokemon type? Oh, I, I need to get back to that. Oh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> I think I most I most resemble is it Blastoise because I'm just huge. Um, <laughs> but that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> when I used to play Pokemon, I always picked I always picked the water type. So yeah, Squirtle. Yeah, Squirtle. Squirtle. Nice. So, yes. Yeah, I, I guess I would say Squirtle. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's a fair answer. Oh, this one's very important. <clears throat> so what I think it is? Favorite dip and dots flavor. Oh, that's not what I thought it was. Oh no. Uh cookies and cream. Ah. Oh, good answer. Yeah. Cookies and All cream. Right. If you if you if you go to Den Arts and Jazz and you go to that like dip and dots booth near the UNC stage, you know what's up. It's and always, you'll probably meet Ian. You, yeah, you will. We can have a meet and greet next year at at, at the dip, <laughs> dip and dots booth. Uh, Eventually, we're gonna have to explain the wait, difference. Uh, we can Not have today. a meet and greet thing for me at the people know me as the Hayden guy now. So like comic podcast at Denton Arts and Jazz. <laughs> okay. nice. All right, see you in a year. Um, this next question I wrote very late at night. Go for it. <laughs> Do you practice sitting up or standing down? Both. I think both are very important. Um, it's just like you know you. I know. I know. I know. This is funny. But it's actually serious. Like, I think you should practice both because you're going to be in both situations. You know, by. Especially in a jazz band. Yeah. You know, I've had to do both. Um, and there are differences in playing with both. Very minute differences, but differences nonetheless. I appreciate that you didn't break when I, like, did the silly switching up the words. You just kept going. Yeah. Way to go. Very improv of you. Yay. <laughs> it's almost like I play jazz a lot. <laughs> It, Disclaimer, I'm not good at improvisation. Please d- don't assume I am. <laughs> uh, if you were in VeggieTales, what vegetable would you be? The tomato, because he's the largest one. 
Oh no! One of my okay, so that's not that's not an insult. I I'm if you're not aware, I'm a very large guy. I've always have been, even at my lightest. I I probably will be for a while. It's not. It's I don't consider it an insult. It's just who I am. But yeah, I mean, a vegetable. He also just seems like to be the goofiest. But I'm also saying all this without ever seeing Veggie Tales, so I, <laughs> oh, I don't okay. I don't know. But all right, tomatoes pretty good answer. And they're delicious. Oh. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. Favorite instrument that's not your instrument? The organ. Oh, yes. that's I, a good answer. I have, I am, well, organ piano, but organ specifically because I, okay, I'm going to try to make this as concise as possible <laughs> because it's a lot. Um, I know it's rapid fire, but I'm not helping your cause. Um <laughs> There have been points in my life where I've listened to organ music and it has, it's like a way for me to remember that part, that exact moment in my life, if that makes any sense. You know those songs you have where every time you listen to it, it brings back a specific kind of nostalgia where it's not necessarily like a vague feeling of nostalgia, but it's a very specific moment in time. Yes. Yeah. That happens to me all the time. And as it does probably everybody, but a lot of the time when that happens, it's with organ music. Um, on top of that, one of my favorite organists is actually in the One O'Clock Lab Band, Destin Wernicke. If you don't know about Destin, he's a monster. First of all, he's a fantastic <laughs> jazz drummer, but he's also an award-winning organist. And I believe he's coming back here for his, his master's in organ performance. I think he's a TF or something. I could be wrong. I, Destin, if that's wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, but he, I mean, he he's insane. He's absolutely insane. I love him to death. So yeah, organ. Very that's cool. That's a really good answer. Organ? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hey, oh, it's me. Ah. What is your subhub order? So again, I know this is rapid fire, but um, <laughs> I think I have ordered probably half the things on the menu there and i have not like i have disliked none of them all of them oh, are yeah. really good i thought you were about to say something terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> i hate subhub no i like, I like subhub. uh i think the the order i i've gotten the most is the chicken teriyaki oh, oh that that's that's good. what i've gotten the most the ch- i would say chicken teriyaki chicken parmesan the veggie sub and that the one's so good salami uh, salami and cheese, and the chicken and cheese, or turkey and cheese. Pardon me. Ooh. They're all, all right. really good. They're all really good. go to SubHub. Support local business. Yeah. Go to SubHub before you can. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I, I'm so so mad about all of that. <gasps> me too. I know. I know it's more complicated than the media is probably exp- yeah. is saying, but still, it's just such a shame. Yeah. It really is. Same with the bullery. I don't. I don't think you two remember the bullery, but it was like this vegetarian vegan place that was i think right across the street from like the chinese fast food place oh. next to subhub oh oriental express yeah before yeah oriental express before that whole like block was shut down there was like a mini mall or a strip oh, mall with Sorry. the chicken express yeah, yeah chicken express there was a haircut place there was a dollar general there was a bowlery that was the first restaurant i ever wow. went to in denton um what what so mad that I didn't yeah. have that because I went vegetarian my freshman year while I lived oh, on campus and so everything good. was hard. I yeah. had to eat at Bruce all the time because I had no other options. Yeah. So, dang it. <laughs> a yeah, couple years too late. It really is a shame. 
Oh, oh this one's good. This one's one of my favorites. If you had to name your kid a music term, what would their name be? <laughs> what's like the, the what's the ugliest term I can think of? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, hmm, that's a great question. My Stoso sounds epic. Oh, yes. Yeah. What the heck? And like maybe <laughs> well, nickname them Stoso. like Misty. Oh, that's, that's also That's also a great jazz chart. Misty. Ooh. So yeah, probably my Stoso and Misty for short. That's so cute. I always make the joke where it's like, haha, flat, Brayfield. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. Oh my gosh. Favorite vegan substitute food? Oh, um, there are these, uh, these vegan patties that I get at Aldi that are really good. Oh, which are, ones who do am you I get? Kidding? Why am I saying that? That's the second best. The first best, Ben and Jerry's non-dairy ice cream. What? They're what? <laughs> they okay. have what? So, so for the for I don't know if you talked about it earlier in the podcast. I'm not aware. If you don't know, I've recently gone vegan, and I've been trying to find different substitutes. Um, but my favorite is definitely Ben and Jerry's non-dairy Cherry Garcia ice cream. They Ooh. sell it at Winco. And the Cherry Garcia one. That one's so good. And they they use almond milk instead of like cow milk. And almond milk is sweeter, at least from my own experience. It's sweeter than cow milk. So imagine like normal ice cream, but sweeter. It's it's insane. Yeah. Um, that sounds like it might be better than ice cream, it like is. regular ice cream. It is. It is. Um, and even like the vegan patties I get from Aldi, like I prefer those over like normal meat patties. They don't taste the same, but they taste. They have a better taste, in my opinion. Is that the? Uh... The like Morningstar Farms, I think. It's not them, but it's it's similar. Like it, I think it's a store brand or something very similar. But yeah, Morningstar, mm. pretty much. Aldi's the goat. I'm a big that fan. Goat. Yeah. Oh, no, it's my turn. It's great. <laughs> the only trombones left in the world are pea bones. What color do you pick? Blue. Ooh, quick answer. I thought you would be sad. <laughs> oh, I, I am sad, but uh, blue. Um, I actually owned a blue pea bone in high school. Um, but I didn't. First of all, I didn't use it very much, and then a friend broke it, and Aww. then I really didn't use it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, blue. Also, blue is my favorite color. So Aww. yeah, blue. Okay, what's your favorite like go-to food hangout like spot in Denton? Um, Killers Tacos. Oh, not Rusty's. Uh, Killers. So uh, Killers Tacos is a taco place that's close to where I live. Um, it's, it's a, it's a pretty short walk away. Don't want to give out my address, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's close. It's close. Um, and it's just like a, you know, just a, a mom and pop taco place. They have, um, a variety of tacos. I've never had a bad taco from them. Um, they also ha- make cheesecake. They have churros. Ooh. And they also, and, and this is all, they also have a bar and open mic and a back porch <gasps> that sounds like so much fun and yeah. it's walking distance away from my apartment and okay so i actually lived i am giving away a little bit too much information but i don't care my sophomore <laughs> year i lived at city park uh, which is oh right yeah across, i had a friend that lived there right across the street not only that i lived in a building that was like less than a block away from killer tacos i would go there all the time and they have vegan options and the vegan oh. options are Arguably almost better than the other options, at least from my own experience. Just a great place. Nice. How does it stack up to uh, – me and Hannah and 
a bunch like a whole gang of hooligans go to Rusty Taco a lot. How mm-hmm. do you think it stacks up to uh to there? Rusty's is the place on uh off the square, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say they're pretty good. I've only had them maybe like three or four times. Um I when I have gone there, I've had the Rusty Taco, the one with pineapple in it, right? Ooh. I don't What's... know. I always get the uh the team fave, which is like a fried chicken and like bacon and queso and gubbins. Yeah, something like that. The, the queso yeah. there's really good. Um, yeah. It's good. Um I think I think I think it's more expensive than Killers and far less local. You know, it's like a 25 minute walk. 25 30 oh, minute walk as yeah. opposed yeah. to like a Let's say a five to ten minute. Let's say a zero to ten minute walk. So I don't disclose my address. <laughs> zero. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's pretty close. Um, but yeah. and also I. I mean I have such. I have a lot of equity with the people at Killers, and Aww. they're all really great people. They all know my name, and it's great. Not all of them, but a lot of them know my name. <laughs> That's I nice. don't go there that often. Ian's coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Do you have any guilty pleasure songs or composers? Please share with the class. Yeah. Um, Guilty, I don't know about guilty, I don't know if I can name a guilty pleasure composer, because I, I think all of them are kind of fair game. Yeah. Um, but ones I do listen to a lot that other people, I haven't met a whole lot of people who listen to them. Uh, John Luther Adams, uh, he's an Alaskan composer, not to be confused with John Adams, the president, or John <laughs> Adams, the minim, post-minimal composer, but John Luther yeah. Adams, who's up in Alaska. He recently won the Pulitzer Prize for his work *Become Ocean*, and it's his music is is really, it's uh, it's fueled by you know his love for nature and his love for the outdoors, but it's also it was also made in response to kind of how it's being destroyed and how it's being treated by large corporations and just everyday people. Brilliant music, I highly recommend it. If you really want a good start, I would check out uh, John Luther Adams' *Become Ocean* or John Luther Adams. The Winds in High Places. That piece, it's written for string quartet where they only use open harmonics. That wow. sounds they, or, so cool. I'm going to check it out right they after use, this. They use either open strings or open harmonics. It's it's gorgeous. And it sounds like you're on top of a snowy peak. Oh, it's the wild vibes. <laughs> and uh, what's the movie? What's the name of that movie? Um, it's the movie that won Leonardo DiCaprio's first Oscar. Is The Covenant? The Revenant. No. The Revenant. Yeah, Revenant. He composed a lot of the music for that film. Oh. So if you like that music, you'll like John Luther Adams. So there's that. Um, uh, I really enjoy the work of Kronos Quartet, whatever they do, whatever composer they, they play. Um, that's all I can really think of for composers. So Guilty, it's hard for me to say the same thing with with like modern-day artists. I have been really into Moses Sumney recently. Yes! I'd hoped you'd say Moses Sumney. <laughs> have you checked out his new album, Grey? No. He released a new album, like, May 15th or something. Well, he released the second half of his new album on May 15th. It's called Grey. And it is, I mean, listening with, like, my, my high-end open-back headphones and a DAC amp, like, ah. it's made me cry. It's it's Jealous. beautiful. Um, so Moses Sumney... Bon Iver uh, is another one of my favorite artists. Uh, the Weeknd. I listen to a lot of uh, The Weeknd. Yes! His his EP, My Dear Melancholy, it's probably one of my favorite guilty pleasures. It's really explicit, but it just make, it's just such a great production and great... It's, oh, it's wonderful. 
It's great to listen to. Um, Bjork. Listen to a lot of Bjork. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all over the place. All of your answers. I was gonna, I was expecting like guilty pleasures to be like, haha. Sometimes I listen to Taylor Swift. <laughs> all your answers are so good and insightful. Yeah. Well, it's it's hard to even. It's like I said, it's hard to like consider them guilty pleasures. Like yeah. it's just it's just like it's just great music. Maria Schneider. Oh my God, Maria Schneider. Gil Evans. Maria Schneider and Gil Evans. Woo. <laughs> okay, so Maria Schneider actually worked with Gil Evans. Um, for quite a while when she was working in New York City, um, and her, her and Gil's music are really symphonic. I mean, there it's jazz, but it's very it has a symphonic setting. Uh, Gil is really, all of his music's really complex and kind of unconventional. Same with Maria's music. A lot of it, it's just, I can go on for a long time about <laughs> their music, but I, I, I won't go on too long. <laughs> Basically, it's just beautiful. It's it's there's a reason why she's won so many Grammys. I mean, it's just it's phenomenal. All of her music's phenomenal. And when we played, would you mind if I just tell one story? Yeah, of course. Go for yeah. It. Okay. I I really I'm afraid I don't want to go on for too long. But so uh, in 2018, the summer of 2018, I did the Brevard Jazz Institute that's hosted by Michael Dees and some of the MSU faculty that I was talking about earlier. And it's just a camp in, I think it's North Carolina? South? I don't really know. But Brevard something Carolina. I forgot. Sorry, Brevard. <laughs> um, and the last day, we had our concert. And then later in the evening, we were getting food and we came back. And my good friend Andrew Duncan, who actually played Barry in the 1 o'clock lab band these past two years. Um, very One of the best guys you could ever be friends with. Just wonderful. Um, he and I... We're walking back to our cabin when we saw the Milky Way in the sky. And I had never seen it before in person. But I saw them we saw the Milky Way and like we need to go out and get a better view of this. So we walked into the middle of the woods. And like we're pretty deep into the woods just to get a better view where there's no light around us, no light pollution. And we could see it clear as day through the trees. And we were there for about an hour and a half, two hours, and we talked about kind of our our struggles, our hardships, kind of the things we're trying to figure out as, as people. Um, 2018 or the 2017 and the first half of 2018 was like the worst year and a half of my life by far for many reasons that I won't go into because there's lots of, there's lots of reasons, but it was the worst time of my life. Um, I, I really struggled as a musician and as a person and I didn't really know where to go. But being out in the woods with Andrew, who also struggled a lot, and just kind of hashing out our feelings and our, our problems. I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, we we just really bonded with each other. And ever since then, we've been really close friends. Um, and in, in that hour and a half or, or so, we kind of we approached our fears head on, our the things that scared us and we realized none of it none of it's real like we can just move past it and figure out stuff by ourselves so when we went back and we kind of lived our lives then we both made in the fall of 2018 the one o'clock together and we were in that band until this past semester and in the fall we played the maria schneider concert and one of the pieces we played was called walking by flashlight and it comes from an album she did with 
Don Upshaw and some northern musicians, I believe, out of the Twin Cities. Uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, those are the Twin Cities. And one of the songs is called Walking by Flashlight. It's based on a Ted Couser poem. Ted uh, was a, or is a poet who was diagnosed with cancer. And he w could not be out in direct sunlight, if I remember correctly. So to get his kind of morning, to get his walks in, he would walk uh, before um, sunrise out in the woods with his flashlight, walking by flashlight. And, you know, I mentioned morning walks. The album is called Winter Morning Walks or something like that. And the song, in the instrumental version, where Don Upshaw is not singing, but it's it's on Maria's newest, uh, newest album, The Thompson Fields, it's played by an alto clarinet. Now, I know there's all these memes about alto clarinet. Like, it's not even like a real instrument. But <laughs> my God, I think Scott Robinson is his name. He was the alto clarinetist. He just sang, just sang. Um, it's just, it's, that track moves me to tears every single time I listen to it. It's because not only, I mean, the poetry is about a man who's struggling with life and who would find meaning by going out through the woods, just like I did in the summer of 2018, went out into the woods to find meaning, to talk to my best friend. My best friend, who just so happened to play the alto clan, or the basset horn on that concert, for walking by flashlight. So That's so cool. What so, the heck? So here I am. We're sitting in the Murkison. We're about to play walking by flashlight. I sit there and hearing Andrew play. First of all, he's a phenomenal musician. He's super dedicated. He's, he spent hours listening to Scott Robinson's solo, perfecting it, trying to find the best way to approach the horn. He learned that horn in like a couple of weeks. <laughs> Brand new instrument. And just sounded like an angel. Um, and that entire concert, I just, or that entire, that entire song, I just, when I wasn't playing, I, my eyes were shut and just listening to everything that was happening, whether it was Andrew playing or Eugene, uh, Eugene Kim playing violin, Abby Berry singing vocalese and just kind of playing off each other. And I remember I, I had to wipe away tears. I was, I was close to sobbing. And actually Maria came up to me afterwards kind of pat me on the back so it's I don't, I don't remember what she said she made a remark about something but just her patting me on the back after me nearly sobbing for like five minutes just really calmed me down so anyways that's maria schneider <laughs> her her music is incredible if you haven't checked it out you need to oh uh, okay, sorry for the long-winded answer okay. but I, no do not yeah. be sorry <laughs> no. that was that was an incredible journey that you took us on with words. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I could share it. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> we have to follow yeah. that up with a question. That was a little heavy. I'm sorry. That was this. That's one of the great things about being a diverse musician. Diverse musician playing as much music as possible. You have experiences like that no matter where you go. Man, yeah. I wish we had a whole extra hour. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, last one, very important question. How was your day? It's been great. It's been really good. Um, just, I mean, just not only getting some work in and having like a phenomenal lunch, but also just you know talking to you, Aww. you two. Like I, I, I love you two. Like you two are great. Aww. You two are extremely hardworking. You're constantly getting stuff done, and it's 
it's always a pleasure to see we love you too cry and and this and you know they're not paying me to say that i'm saying that on my own don't worry yes we have no money to pay anyone with Uh, no, I mean but it. Like, it's, thank but you today's so been much. Great. Today's been great. Oh, well, thank you. I think so. I've loved talking yeah. to you. It's such a pleasure to have you on this show. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. Agree. Oh, before we wrap up, uh, we're going to plug Ian's lessons that he's teaching. So if you'd like to talk to Ian more about jazz or trombone, it's probably more specifically trombone, <laughs> uh, and play together with him, we will be posting a Google form that you can fill out in the link or in the doobly-doo below in the show notes that's what professionals call it (laughs) yeah the important thing is uh i am offering lessons but since we are in the middle of a pandemic they are pay what you want so if you want to pay me twenty dollars that's fine if you want to pay me zero that is also fine if you want to pay me 500 i don't know who you are but sure that would be that'd be great but they're all pay what you want i just want to you know teach people kind of hang out with people and hopefully help someone along the way oh that's that's wonderful well anyway that's uh, about all we have time for today so again thank you very much for uh, for joining us today it was a, it was a real pro- uh, that, uh, well, well. <laughs> yes it was a real pleasure <laughs> i got Thanks. you hayden okay well anyway uh we'll catch you guys next week when we have the wonderful dr graf on uh, oh i'm so excited anyway that's it for us uh catch you guys next week bye Hey, everybody, thanks again for listening to the UNT College of Music in Context podcast. What'd you think? Our parents have allowed us to have some more social media accounts, so in addition to following our Twitter, at UNT Comic Podcast, go ahead and like and follow our Facebook page, which is also at UNT Comic Podcast. Surprise, they're the same. (laughs) So you can check either of those to see announcements, new episodes weekly, and a place for you to ask your very own questions to our guests each week in a segment called, drumroll please cleverly titled viewer question segment woo yeah a week before we interview our guests you can check our socials for a post which you can reply to with all of your burning questions i know you have them i did (laughs) okay well thanks for watching this is me hayden drew and hannah (laughs) signing off we'll catch you guys next week love y'all bye